The Space Case Sarah Show with the space nerds, Kavi and Benjamin. Who is Space Case Sarah? Funky, edgy, smart, funny, and a rebel feminist. Now, witness it yourself on iRock Space Radio. Hello, 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 space enthusiasts, nerds, uh, professionals of all sorts. Not us at the Space Case Era Show. We are definitely not professionals. Um, welcome to the Space Case Era Show, where we talk all things space and do whatever our hearts, you know, tell us to do. Um, <laughs> and uh, we today are, you know, fresh in this new year. And so we are going to discuss kind of like space and and 2023, like what what's going on or what what do we hope is going on in the world of space and space exploration in this new year? Do we have any space resolutions? Um, as always, I am joined with my illustrious co-hosts, Kavi and Benjamin. Gentlemen, uh, what is the official name of this episode? What element are we honoring today? Titanium. Titanium indeed is the element that we'll be focusing on today. And it is a heck of a lot more interesting than scandium. <laughs> yeah. We should have just skipped that one. All right. Yes, titanium. I, I, I think a lot of people know what that is. <laughs> but uh, why don't you drop some knowledge? So titanium is used honestly like quite a lot i mean i was looking at the list of different um, uses and applications and you know things like jet engines and missiles and mobile phones and just like everything um two of the coolest things that i found that were interesting to me naturally because they're space related um one is when you have have you ever noticed in certain gemstones they have like a star kind of like impurity in them I think they're called mm. asterisms, right? Um, so when you see like a uh, a star sapphire or ruby that has that asterism in it, that kind of like more whitish bit, that's because of the titanium in the actual rock. I, mean, I can see <laughs> Benjamin's got his little titanium uh, periodic table out. <laughs> oh yeah, you got that recently. We'll talk about that. Hold on, you got uh, we, sometimes we. we, we he, you love to make faces, Benjamin, but no one can see you on the Bobby radio. Does too. Don't just make it sound like I'm the only one. Don't make it sound like I'm the only one. Kavi does it too. Kavi does it too. Right, anyway, back to asterisms, Kavi. I was listening. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so let's get off your asterism. Um, no, the uh, the other space-related thing that I found out about titanium kind of um, – was titanium, uh, as far as metals go, metallic elements, um, has the highest strength to density or strength to, to mass ratio. So it's like super strong. It's this other thing also called ductile strength. So you can take titanium and like squeeze it out into a thin wire and it's still very uh, uh, flexible and malleable without breaking. So um, I ended up going down this whole rabbit hole on strength to density ratios and specific strength of materials. And I found out the wackiest thing that there is. You guys have heard of a space elevator, right? As yes. a concept. Right. Okay. Yes. So, so for those listening at home, <laughs> all those listening outside of them, um, a space elevator as an idea is meant to be right. There's uh, this, 
this uh, way of getting things from Earth to space easily without rocket launches. And generally, that would require some sort of material stretching from Earth to space. So there is an International Space Elevator Consortium, an actual organization dedicated to this. And they wanted, they wanted to define a scientific unit used to describe specific strength, right, in, um, you know, strength density ratios called the URI after Yuri Gagarin. And nice. <laughs> okay. it was, it was such a random fact. Like I was on the titanium page and did not expect to be learning about a new unit. Um, it hasn't caught on outside of their international space elevator consortium. Um, but it is interesting that one URI is equal to one Newton meter per kilogram. And you would need 30 to 80 mega URIs uh, in order to create a functional Earth space elevator. And that's my somewhat titanium <laughs> fact for the wow. day. At least they also, kept the metric. I, I need to... <laughs> oh. Okay, so space elevator... I'm, ty- I'm typing this in now because how does one join this consortium? Like, <laughs> space elevator... They're they're a US nonprofit, 501C3. Okay, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it was formed after the Space Elevator Conference in Redmond, Washington in 2008, and it became an affiliate organization of the National Space Society in 2013. Um, so, yeah, and that's a real thing. And you can subscribe to their monthly newsletter. So go check them out, <laughs> isec.org. I would love to have that monthly newsletter. Still not running. I, I, Still not I, running. I, I, I'm like intrigued right now. Okay. Um, I'm going to look more into this because space elevator. Benjamin, who are we honoring today? Whose birthday? Well, uh, this is the second episode of season two. I love saying dos. that. A kiss. Dos of dos. And, uh, it's going to air for the first time on January 14th, and that means it's happy astronaut birthday to Shannon Lucid, who flew to space five times. She at one time held both the record for the longest duration stay in space by an American and by a woman. So, huzzah. Ooh. And happy, happy birthday, birthday to Arthur Holmes, English geologist one of the foremost geologists of the 20th century who made contributions to the geochronology of Africa and determined the age of the earth based on uranium decay. First time. Very he cool. did that. And he's awesome. Yeah. That's super hell cool. Of a yodel. That, that rocks. Ignisly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come for the puns, stay for the. the uh, More puns. Uh, yeah, the <laughs> that's all we got. It's puns all the way down. Puns <laughs> all the way down. <laughs> oh my god! Anybody uh, want to design a T-shirt for us that says "puns all the way down"? I, uh, I'd like to talk to you. <laughs> you do have, yeah, you do have merch, a merch store for we your could, brands. And probably, again, yes, you'd <laughs> go ahead. I was going to say we could probably do like a t-shirt design competition um, oh, for, for people yeah. who might have noticed our logo design competition that popped off. Yeah, apparently could, everyone, <laughs> the people spoke. 
and they wanted their their Benjamin cake, so we gave it. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can have <laughs> Benjamin's cake and eat it too, or not. <laughs> we Wait, we what? went with that for anyone who is listening and voted on our sweet logo that we needed to design for. Well, I guess the news will be out by the time this probably airs <gasps> for mm-hmm. our <gasps> our show going to every podcast platform pretty much available. Speaking of letting them eat cake, yes, that's right. Now you can listen to it on your own time. And we were starting to kind of get that off the ground with the website, but then it's like super accelerated. Now we are literally uh, Apple, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Um, I even think there's maybe another one too. It's not just those two that we're going to be going out on. I have to double check that. I don't want to say anything that I am not absolutely sure on, but we might be pretty much anywhere you can stream something. We're going to be there. We'll be in the Library of Congress in February. Oh, well. Yeah, we're standing outside, not just let us in. We'll be there. We'll be there. But yeah, it's the guy with a cup. That's me. Like virtual high five to both of you. Like this is super, super exciting. And this gives us so much more exposure, which might not be the greatest thing for the world and, and the population of planet Earth. But hey, you know what? You don't have to listen to us. You know, we're not forcing it. Um, so this we'd like it if you did. I mean, we would love oh, that. That'd be yeah. super handy. Yeah, we we're we're all slightly narcissistic and we need your validation, which reminds me, so give out your handles. Uh <laughs> I'm Space K Sarah. You can find me anywhere on Instagram, TikTok, all the places. If you're new here. <laughs> Because there could be new people here. There could be there new could, people. Welcome. Could be new people. I'm Welcome. Space Case Sarah. You can find Say it again my right now. There could be a new person anywhere. right now. New person. And his name could be Bill or George well, or Sue. Okay. Coffee. Handles. We had a lot of coffee yes. today, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> my name. Yes, my name is Kavi. You can find me at Fun Fact Science on all the good procrastination devices and apps. Uh, fun fact science, fun fact science with Covey. That's me. Benjamino. And I am Benjamin. I run uh, Science Actually on all the time wasters. You can find me at uh, facebook.com slash actually science or other ones at something, something, something slash science actually. And that's it for me. Hello. I can vouch for the fact that I can't ever remember which platform is which, but when I go to tag you, all you got to start doing is doing like science actually. And even if it's the flip flop one, you'll find him because I flip flop. Is there a flip flop app? There's a flip flop, a flip flop in my brain. (laughs) I can't remember which one he is on which platform. Um, Uh, Yes. So we shall have this episode where we are going to talk about um yes i'm aware i named it wrong thank you <laughs> we're we talking about <laughs> i need a periodic table i googled it and that's i don't know whatever stop we d- coffee's making fun of me and i i feel like a victim to my own show right now he is making fun of me labeling this episode the wrong element this is I, this is why i don't do this okay that's why i let you guys handle the element um i have to throw this out though like when you go to this isec.org and you see this like 
scale of a space elevator. Okay. Like it's their banner, right? Can you imagine our, like our planet, like just orbiting around like do 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 with this giant stick sticking out of it. I just, I can, because I've seen the XKCD explanation of what would happen if they actually tried to build it. And like a space ladder would not work well. It just wouldn't, it wouldn't do it. It wouldn't do the thing that they wanted to do. It would do a lot of bad things. Stupid. I'm sorry. Stupid. All right. Welcome back, Benjamin. Uh, We're going to talk about the future, meaning 2023. Um, Yes. Yes. He is. Well, I initially, when we kind of talked about having an episode today featuring kind of looking ahead for the year 2023, I was like, I have to do some homework because I truly don't really know what's coming up. And I have to say, I am flipping excited for 2023. I really am now. I did not realize how many launches are going to the moon to prep for Artemis and the return of humanity to the moon. And I think that it, it, that's, it's sort of that thing that's like, it makes it more real because we all know that we're going back, but even the, the Artemis one, even with that, it, it just, there was no one on it. So it, it still doesn't feel real. Like we're really going back, but now to send stuff to put on the moon, to send a Rover. It's so, it's so exciting. So we have lots and lots to talk about. Um, 2023. So 2022 was a good year, I think Mm -hmm. for space and space exploration. Uh, but 2023 from what I am reading. And of course there's always the caveat that not all of these things are going to happen because there are always delays. There are things that, that crop up that are, uh, you know, something that is weather related or perhaps it's, a you know, a technical issue, but 2023 really looks like there's a lot to look forward to. And so I, I just want to start with the moon because that's really the big one. And I have to say that, um, this list that I pulled up of like nine exciting, thrilling, uh, 2023 space launches, um, they, they have like links to the different social media posts that are talking about these different launches and it's usually from these um, contracted companies and like almost every single one of them, I don't know who they are. (laughs) So not only is it like a booming year for space flight and space launches, but like there's going to be a lot of new players in the game because we're sending so much stuff to the moon in preparation for astronauts to go there and not just visit, go and build a base. So they're going to send things for them in preparation for them to get there and build set base. And so there's suddenly a whole new cast of characters. It's just like, I'm sitting here like, Oh wow. This is like, Oh, this is such a great time to do what we do. Right. Even even before you said cast of characters, it was making me think of the, the show for all mankind. Cause it's like, I feel I feel like that's what happens between the seasons, all this stuff of like actually setting up and sending the materials to build the base on the moon mm-hmm. and you're like, like you know it's a new cast of characters i'm like yeah it will be it'll be a whole new cast of astronauts that are going yeah. out there and are actually walking around and doing experiments and ooh, give me chills i know i know it, it's 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 just 
I don't know. I don't know really yet if we even fully, we even fully understand the reality of when that moment happens, how it's going to impact us. But I think a good first step is, uh, you know, the, the physical, like of sending things there that makes it more Mm -hmm. real. So, uh, number one on this list is that a lunar lander is going to study moon dust and more, and that will be launching in March. And again, this is, um, the, the people who built it are called intuitive machines. So, um, that just, uh, I mean, I love rovers too. Mm-hmm. I just think that a rover always is worth celebrating, even if it's going to the moon and not Mars. Um, the rover is supposed to also be, um, it's okay. So it's going to go up on a SpaceX rocket and they're going to study, um, regolith how space weather affects the lunar surface and i believe oh so this is a different one there's also a uh, a lander prepped for future ice mining missions like what oh yeah the prime what? one yeah and that's also slated for uh, between january through march and that is made by a company called astrobi uh astrobotic astrobotic which I'm like, well, I guess I have new people I need to follow on social media. So <laughs> anyway, like what what are your um what are your thoughts about the like this rover and this probe to study ice mining? Like what? It won't be alone. There's gonna be uh rovers sent from multiple countries this year to uh to the moon. Isn't Japan sending one? And, and, also and India and Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh and India is up there. It's a do-over for them because right. they uh, they crashed. I, I believe it was okay. called a hard landing. <laughs> <laughs> a hard landing with, was quite I want to say, a bunch of tardy grades on it, too, wasn't there? I know. That, that, well, that was the that was uh, Israeli one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're working on setting up. Which they did, officially too, didn't know about. No. Oh, yeah. The, the second mission from Space IL will be delayed. Not delayed. Uh, it was, you know, planned to be in a couple more years, not this coming year, but it will right. also be going to the moon. It will also be exciting, but no, this, um, right. the intuitive ones, the, um, the polar ice mining mission, super exciting. Like there is a lot of ice water on the moon and that will be a key resource for astronauts, uh, setting up base there. So that's Absolutely. super duper exciting. Oh my God. Um, I'm just reading here too, that they want to test, uh, a Viper rover, they're calling it, and they want to touch it down on the Lake of Death region. Like the okay. Lake of Death, Lake of Death region, yeah, like Mare Morte, uh, a lava plain actually- in the northeastern part of the moon's near side. So it's in a lava plain it's called the Lake of Death. Maria. Lake of Death, Bring that sounds like a fun place. I've you know, we often like. <laughs> talk or imagine like in Futurama the idea of like what it look like when people are regularly going back and forth to the moon I feel like Lake of Death is going to become that place where people have a holiday place it's like oh you also have a holiday place on the moon yeah yeah where's your place Lake of Death <laughs> the oh, Lake of Death oh Lake of Death the Lake of Death somebody invested early in whatever mining right right yeah we should have an episode just on that like space tech companies to invest in now because it's going to be huge in you know 2050 uh benjamin yeah go ahead no ignore me ignore me 
Oh, <laughs> Benjamin said you had a you had a good list of different things to look forward to in 2023 as well. Um, am I missing some of the moon ones here? Um, I'm uh, sure I am. The well, the just the uh, the Japanese one that's going. It's uh, taking a SpaceX rocket. Uh, it's going up in December, so I don't know when it's going to get. To okay, the so moon, it's got some but, time. It's taking a rover by the United Arab Emirates. So it's a nice little joint venture, which is going to be exciting. And uh, yeah. speaking of, uh, I was looking for things at ICE. Um, the ESA is launching uh, Juice. The Juice. Uh, the Juice. They're launching. Yes, they've got the Juice coming out mm-hmm. to Jupiter. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. It's not going to be there until 2031, yep. but it's launching now. And the yeah. hell with well, IO. It's been difficult the for pee breaks. <laughs> no pee breaks. It's going to go to uh, Ganymede, Europa, space cruise. Yes, that was on the, the last on the list here, but it's going to go to uh, go by the moons and orbit one in particular, Ganymede. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So skip IO because yes. screw that place. Oh, vacation in Io. Goodbye. (laughs) I'll stick with the Lake of Death. Thank you. Um, You know what's what's wild? I just realized that the Juice mission will be flying around the inner moons of Jupiter at the same time as the Europa Clipper. Can you imagine if we can get a photo of like of Clipper, like yes, tasting tasting a plume? Yeah, that'd be amazing. That footage, imagine yeah. imagine that like you're just seeing Europa and a plume coming out of Europa with Jupiter in the background, and you're just seeing the Europa Clipper just flying through that plume with the background of Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And we get that whole thing on video. That'd Chills, be amazing. literal chill. That'd be amazing. That'd be amazing. You know, we're talking, we kind of jumped to this this juice and Jupiter and stuff like that, um, not to take it back to the moon. And But you're pointing out something that there was a piece by Bill Nelson that he made a statement. And, I, you know, when you start pointing out, everybody's, there, there is a bit of a space race building here. A little bit. Um, I mean, I'm not saying that in a negative way or a positive way. I'm saying I'm just, I'm making the observation there's a it's lot of countries healthy. aiming at the moon. Mm-hmm. It's healthy. It's good. I, I mean, like both having multiple countries and multiple private uh, organizations aiming for the moon is really good. It's healthy competition. I mean, this is what got us to the moon in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, let's let's call it a uh, not so healthy competition between the former Soviet Union and the United States. <laughs> But the results um, were incredible for space exploration, and the technology developed along the way was great. Uh, also here on Earth, so so I'm, I think it's healthy this competition. I'm uh, sure, absolutely, yeah. And it's also I, it's a great place for just insane international cooperation. So I mean, right. everyone's pushing to be the first to send to this. Or everyone wants to beat someone else with that. But then, of course, you know they share the information. They no one's going to no two landers are going to the same places there everyone's scouting for everyone else and like i just mentioned earlier japan's going to the moon with the in the uae uh rover i mean that's two widely right. different cultures working together it's great i love it yeah mm-hmm. 
And it, it um, you know, we've discussed bringing doing an, an episode on space law. It brings it brings much, much more quickly to the forefront, uh, a, you know, space law and and governing. Um, yeah. Setting up a system. And so, yeah, it'll be interesting. I just I'm it just I don't know. That's pretty much all I have to say. on it. It's like <laughs> the, the telescopes that they're going to build on a moon are just going oh, to yes. be incredible. Like the, oh, we've, I mean, have we spoken about the radio telescope they're planning to build on the moon? You yeah, did bring you that up one that. time with it, it built into the crater. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you could talk about it again though. Go for it. I mean, I just, I just get so excited about radio telescopes because I spend all of my life dealing with data that comes <laughs> from radio telescopes and. <laughs> it's all I have. No, it was like this, <laughs> this, this idea. Is he sitting in a dark room with a red light in the background? <laughs> it's all I got, guys. <laughs> I need this. Um, but, but like this idea that you're creating um, a, an effective telescope the size of the distance between the little, like smaller telescopes that you're connecting the signals of, right? Like we've spoken about this before, like they have in New Mexico, they have 26 dishes at the VLA, the very large array, and they connect all the signals of these little smaller telescopes and create one big one effectively digitally. And so like they're going to be doing the same thing with a telescope on the moon, connecting the signal between the telescope on the moon built into the crater, as you said, Sarah, and they'll connect that to telescopes on earth to make a, a digital kind of effective telescope that's the size of the orbit of the moon. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. My plan. Yeah, we have we have big big things to look forward to, and this is kind of a timely conversation because I am preparing my PhD application and I have to submit a scholarly scholarly article and I'm writing about the like communications aspect of the Apollo moon landing because that was, you know, the most watched broadcast in human history at that point. And that unified a planet, not not a not just a country. I mean, there 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 are tones of politics in it, obviously, as you were saying with the the political space race, the Soviets and stuff like that. But um, when I'm just focusing on the communications aspect of it. Um, I learned, speaking of radios, um, that that broadcast would not have been able to happen had not this uh, dish in Australia mm-hmm. be in the right place, and NASA knew that, and they they just. It was sort of the backup. And I think it's because Neil and Buzz were so excited. They asked to bump up the timeline to do the spacewalk. And so they were like, oh, shoot. Well, we're not going to be in a good spot to get a really good image of Neil walking. So they were like, honeysuckle. That's the name of that that broadcasting station. Like, honeysuckle, like you're up. And they're like, oh, my God. Right. You know, and it was like kind of a, like a chaotic moment uh in broadcasting history and so there's really like there's a story that's really cool there about like sort of the the collaboration and the slap it together aspect of being able to broadcast live from the moon and then the impact of that and so it makes me just wonder like this return what is this gonna do i mean will it have as significant of an impact because you have to take into consideration that there are you know we have two generations of people now that haven't seen anyone walk on the moon, is it going to have the same impact? We have better cameras. We have, you know, like 
how is it going to be different? I don't know. It's super as a communications professional professional. This is like a really exciting, like I'm really excited. I'm really excited. It's going to be awesome. if anyone, It's going to be incredible. And just, yeah. just hopping back for a second to what you were saying with uh, the Honeysuckle uh, Creek tracking station in Australia. Mm-hmm. If anyone's interested in that story and kind of like a dramatized version, you have to go see the, um, I think it came out like 20 years ago. The, um, uh, Australian film called Dish. Yes, which is, I saw oh, that. Oh, it's so good. It's it's basically the story of how these people at the um, the Parkes Moriang um, radio telescope in Australia were like responsible for transmitting the footage that could only be received by an Australian telescope because of you know the alignment and the rotation. Of the, the alignment Earth. at the time, yeah, yeah. Um, incredible movie. Yeah. Highly recommend. Is it? Okay. I will definitely have Done. to look it out. I saw it in, in my research. Everybody watch it. It's fun. I will. The dish. I'll watch it. <laughs> so many of our segments, by the way, start with like the most abrupt and random like, oh, hi, welcome back to the Space K Sarah show with these weirdos that I keep because they're amazing. Bobby and Benjamin. <laughs> By the way, again, I did a little post today, but I do. I am so grateful for what you bring to the show and what the three of us together have been able to pull off in, you know, only in a half a year. I mean, we've, we've really, we've really grown this. And I, I am so excited for 2023 to see like how this is going to continue to grow and develop. And so, um, yeah. So the, year of 2022 was awesome. And 2023, I think we just have so much to look forward to. And like I teased in the last segment, one of the things I am personally very much looking forward to, and heck, I would even still maybe do a quick impromptu pull my trailer down to Texas for Starship launch. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, that that monstrosity. That's huge. Not just the launch, but well, if, uh, all the paperwork and permissions get cleared. Possibly its first orbital flight as well. It's going right. to go, it's going to make a lap. So I how awesome would that be? A crew on that? No, 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 no. no, no. Well, but they, I mean, they have, they're saying the dear moon is supposed to go in 2024. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I wouldn't. Considering a starship hasn't had a, what do you call it? A landing, a spontaneous, uh, spontaneous <laughs> rapid disassembly. <laughs> Since it has one, had one of those, I don't think they're going to put a person on it yet. I think they need this successful launch. Actually, the launching has not been a problem either. They do the launching is great. Uh, yeah, and the hovering, it's just phenomenal. The, like, yeah, it's the it's the landing they got to stick. But this it, it's uh, supposedly later this year, <laughs> summertime or fall. Uh, Starship's well, so- going up. And it's going to go around the Earth in space, and it's going to come back. And all things, if all things go according to plan, oh, it comes we, back without a rapid oh, disassembly. Oh. <laughs> it comes back. It's going to be the space uh, age is going to be completely reinvigorated. It's going to be <clears throat> yes. I was going to say they are also notorious for not really keeping. Like, I know people who work for SpaceX, and it's very lock and key what they can talk about. And Mm -hmm. so they have been very quiet about Starship for a while now. Yes. And so you have to assume that's, you know, things are being planned 
for how are we going to, how are we going to stick this landing? How are we going to do it? Like there's, there's absolutely no way that they've been quiet for this long. I know that some of it, yes, is because of the paperwork and they, and they need to figure out Mm -hmm. rules and regulations with the FAA and stuff. But in that time, there is absolutely no possible way that there aren't some of the most brilliant minds in engineering Mm -hmm. at work to troubleshooting what went wrong with Mm -hmm. all the other attempts and how are we going to get it right? right. And, uh, that is completely out of my spectrum of even imagination <laughs> of what it is. Cause right now I'm just like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, but who knows? Towards who the end knows? of uh, last year, they did a full burn test on all mm-hmm. the engines for uh, starship. Mm, I did see that. It went perfectly without a hitch. And um, that's, you know, good news. And it's also as much as they try to keep things secret as they should, and it's good that they are, um, they are working on some of the most massive rockets that are being built and used <laughs> and tested in the world today. And on top of which they have what crane Zilla, the biggest crane in the world, ready to help stand it up and move it around. So it's as they do things <laughs> on their launch pad, which is right next to a nice small texas town people can see it so they're being very selective i think of how many trips they make out to starship and start working on it so it's pretty awesome i can't wait it is well it's just frustrating for people who say like live in the midwest and want to maybe watch this monster launch and you only get about a 48 hour heads up um you know i i'm just saying it's you know it is. It is what it is. I mean, obviously, if they're when they're ready to start sending people, they're not going to be able to have these. Oh, we're doing it in three days kind of thing that they've been doing right now. But I would love, love, love to just oh, I would love to see that one. That that would be I mean, I really wanted to see SLS, but I really want to see Starship because that's like reinventing the wheel. You know, SLS had so much, so many elements of it. It looked a little bit like um, the Saturn V. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it had uh, rockets that were used by the shuttles. You know, Mm -hmm. it was sort of like, okay, yeah, I know what this is. But SLS is like, or not SLS, I'm sorry, Starship is a whole other. Totally new. Starship formerly known as BFR. (laughs) Right. I shared an image online, what, a year or two, two years ago? Uh, Just scale images of starship right next to a shuttle standing on a launch pad with the boosters and the fuel tank mm-hmm. and everything. It's the same size. You can get, and the starship part of that size is not the fuel tank. It doesn't need one. It has one inside itself. Mm-hmm. And to try to imagine something as big as a shuttle with its boosters and its fuel tank as that big, being able to take off by itself and hover and land <laughs> and come back down. And be used again entirely with no waste, apart from the fuel. Um, the size of it alone is amazing. Mm-hmm. The amount of crew they can carry, the cargo they can carry, the options are going to be insane. This whole idea as well that they uh, will be able to send up the boosters of the starships. I don't know if they're still planning on doing that and then connecting them in space to do refueling. Mm-hmm. So crazy. Like, if that actually happens, that's that's wild 
absolutely <laughs> wild. This makes me think of, um, <laughs> I, I shouldn't know so many SpongeBob references, but I do because I had younger sisters. Sig- they're significantly, but you know, there's that part where like Squidward's like future, <laughs> like that's <laughs> what we're all doing right now. Like future. And it, it, ah, it's again, I keep thinking about this, like, communications aspect of being in these moments of time like we often don't know we're in a revolution until that revolution has passed and then you're out of it and then you're like whoa that was a huge turning point mm-hmm. um and so it, it does definitely because it even my own children to them rockets that can reland is a thing it's yeah, a thing right been a yeah. thing yeah right and and um <laughs> right I, I just for them yeah it's been their for whole them. lives and, yeah. and what you're saying to this refueling in space like the concept of like a refuel station in outer space say to get to mars what what mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. yeah I don't know. It's it's just a really exciting time to be involved in the space industry because truly, I mean, we haven't gone back to the moon and now we are. (laughs) It's such a cool time to be. force. Yeah. Speaking of space, um, there is a comet that is going to be passing (gasps) by. You heard about this? I did. There was a comet that they originally thought was an asteroid because it was so faint and it uh, is getting brighter and brighter and brighter. It's going to pass Earth, I think, at the end of the month. Yeah, end of um, this month. End of this month, uh, Comet C2022 E3. And wow, it takes 50,000 years to mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes 50,000 years to orbit the sun. So the last time that it passed Earth, only Neanderthals would have been around. Mm-hmm. Like it would have been like during a glacial ice age period. And, mm-hmm. and that to me is just wild. It's like, it was amazing. Uh, oh, it is that, that name for it. Before that is, <laughs> so. it'll be just bright enough yeah. to see with the naked eye. So it's basically yeah. gone from like 17th magnitude, which is even fainter than like the moons of Pluto. Um, yeah. To now, I think Pluto is like 14th magnitude to now, uh, I think they're expecting it to be around magnitude six, which oh. uh, smaller number or more negative number is brighter. Don't ask me why I didn't correct the system. Um, <laughs> and so, and so that's exactly bright enough to see with a naked eye. And so it will be that, uh, that when it passes. Tail? Cool. Yes, we'll be able to see a tail. Uh, we can already with telescopes kind of see a tail, but the tail will get, uh, more yeah. enhanced as it gets closer. Yes. Um, and, and 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 words um don't worry people listening at home this comet will not hit us um i think at closest it will be it'll be about a third of the way of the distance to the sun so it, it's basically going to be like 10 times no 100 times further than the moon so do not worry we will be fine i feel like there's a a, a small demographic of people out there that are like oh that's something i don't understand <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you have the urge to wear white tennis shoes and get Kool-Aid or something like that, just say no. Just um, say no to the Kool-Aid. <laughs> have you seen that Saturday Night Live skit with Will Ferrell? It was great. Oh, God. I'll oh. have to look that one out to you. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'll send it to you guys later. What else do we have to look forward to? Is there There's anything else? Anything? 
There is a There's total eclipse two happening. Eclipses. Two eclipses. Oh, there are. Okay. But wait, yeah. two total eclipses? One total, and you're going to get that one in Australia. Yeah. Yeah, because 2024, there's going to be, uh, yeah, be two in the United States. Or well, the one. Total eclipses in the United States in 24, but there's yeah. going to be a uh, ring of fire eclipse here in the United, in North America in October. So. Valley of fire, ring of fire. Like what? Ring of fire. Like- <laughs> <laughs> this show is hot. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, either the astronomers have a thing with. Uh, with Johnny Cash, you know, yeah, something or I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a worse stroke in my head. I'm gonna let that one slide. Um, <laughs> the, no, the one that in is Australia, by the way. The one in Australia is going to be a total eclipse, and it will be passing by one of the most remote regions of Australia, passing through like this <laughs> tiny sliver of land. Um, unlike the one, and this is in April April twentieth uh, this this year. Uh, but the one next year in 2024, which is also, I think, March, April time in uh, the U.S., is going to be passing all the way through the Northeast. It will be visible by so many people, and I am very keen to get out there because, take it from me, a total solar eclipse is a totally different experience, no pun intended, to a partial eclipse. It is just mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. And I would special. love to see it. Yeah. I do believe um- – they intentionally planned it this way, but it happens to happen around the Yuri's Night celebration, which Ooh. will be held in Houston. I thought um, for a second you meant they planned the eclipse this way. Oh, yes, they did. Yeah. Have you seen that meme where it's like, <laughs> could you please reschedule this eclipse because my child can't make it to the... It like, shouldn't the be on a school day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, they... But Yuri's Night, uh, which is a, a an annual party for all the space nerds, um, is right around the same time as this eclipse. So it's definitely going to be like, uh, we're talking about 23, not 24, but 24, just keep it on your radar, is going to be like, that's going to be an epic space mm-hmm. party. Epic. Well, do you gentlemen have any, I mean, it doesn't have to be space related or not. Did you have any resolutions for this year? What are your intentions for 2023? Apart from getting more Lego, <laughs> uh, you're you're yeah. at a good start so far. Yeah, you got a new Lego set yesterday. Oh, and we didn't talk about it. And you got the little the periodic, the little table. periodic table with the little elements inside. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, cool, I got like some nice little holiday thing. gifts to uh, up my nerd cred. <laughs> I got a little periodic table that's in plexiglass or something, and then in the periodic table. Every little square has an itty bitty little teensy weensy sample of that element. Supposedly, I can't open it and test it, but which is, uh, <laughs> but well, supposedly somebody who trusted you with uranium. <laughs> I give, you know, is it love if you're not giving your partner potentially hazardous gifts? That's, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> uh, you we'll so, time. Benjamin, it sounds you. like you might die. Sorry, 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 sorry. Just don't put it in your mouth. You'll be fine. Um, so, Benjamin, it sounds like your your intention for 2023 is to continue to nerd up, yes. level up the nerdum. Yes. Javi. My intention is to officially start and dive into my PhD. And I have two papers that I think are pretty exciting, uh, astrophysics papers that I'm working on and so I want to publish them. I need to publish them. We must publish them. Um, 
we must do it. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm I'm resolved to do real science uh, this year. That is my real resolution. Go get him, dude. Well, thank you, everyone listening. Thank you for joining us on this, you know, start of our season two of the Space Case Sarah Show and 2023. We have so much that we're going to get to cover and talk about. And um, we're going to try to play more trivia games and hopefully bring on more people for space for good, because I love that that segment. And it just, you know, who knows what else we're going to start trying to toss into the routine because I well, you guys are fun. So exactly. we like to have fun. So this is fun. It's fun. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. I am Space Case Sarah. We have Kavi from Fun Fact Science. Benjamin from Science Actually, Actually Science, depending on your platform. We are through IROC Space Radio. And uh, stay tuned. We got plenty of episodes to come for 2023. Thank you again. You are listening to the Space Case Sarah Show here on IROC Space Radio. You've been listening to the Space Case Sarah Show with the Space Nerds, Kavi and Benjamin, a production of iRock Space Radio. Go to iRockspaceRadio.com for more.